Welcome to the Independent Brokers Podcast. Your host, Joseph Goslin, interviews independent real estate brokers from around the country asking about all the things we all want to know, recruiting, commission breakdowns, lead generation, technology tools, and more. And now to the show. Welcome, everybody, to the Independent Broker Podcast. Today, we have Joe. How are you doing, Joe? I'm doing excellent. How about you, Joseph? I'm doing great. Welcome to the show. Joe, how do you pronounce your last name? Schulteis, a strong German name. Yep, That sounds definitely strong German name. <laughs> Which part of the country are you from? I'm actually from the Midwest, so I'm just north of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Awesome. So we usually start the show with letting our guests introduce themselves. Tell us a little bit about how you got into real estate and how you got into becoming an independent broker. Okay. So how I got into real estate is a little bit different. I guess it's pretty similar to most people. Bounced around most of my career prior to real estate, doing a lot of restaurant work, done all aspects of restaurants, front of the house, back of the house. Obamacare came through. So I got a so I got a job that offered insurance because realistically you don't get insurance through through restaurants, especially the smaller restaurants. But then as I was driving home, so I got a job at a grocery a local grocery store, Sendix. And as I was driving home one night, snowstorm in the Midwest are never fun. So I had a little Toyota Yaris, so subcompact car, big guy like me, subcompact car, always fun. But driving home, UV hit some black ice, spun into my lane and actually hit me head on there. So both sides, yeah, both sides were going about 55, 60 miles an hour in the snowstorm. So actually had to get cut out of the car, shattered my hip was going to lose my job because of FMLA. So I had time to look back at my life and just say, hey, you know what, what was what or what did you most enjoy about all the careers you've had in the past? And it all went back to the same thing over and over again, just really helping out, helping out those individuals. And especially when even when I was a chef, I always went, I was always somebody who was out there talking to my customers and clients and finding out, hey, how can, you know, how can I be better? What can I do better to help you serve you? So long story short, that happened. So while I was, or my mom is, and also my mom is my partner in real estate right now as well. So it, it made the life a little bit easier when I was like, you know what, I'm going to be not, I'm going to be locked up for several months with a shattered hip. So that's where it went back to was just, just helping people and just enjoying really helping out individuals. Shattered my hip, got, or got, or while I was sitting on a, the, in 2015 or 2014, this was just sitting on the couch, not really having much to do. So I got my, I took the, started taking the courses for real estate. My mom was totally supportive of me saying, Hey, you know what? You got a job. I'm like, Oh, thank goodness. Because you know what? You own the brokerage. So I hope you'd be able to bring me on. So that, that's always a fun thing. So fast forward, everything was going smooth. Took the courses, took the tests, passed. Who knows if it was for flying powers or not, but I passed. That's all that matters. So got into real estate in 2015 then took, cause it was end of the season by the time that, or I got my first, my real estate license. So I was jumped in there, just really struggled like everybody else thought it was going to be easy. Thought it was just going to be hand, just taking checks and signing my name and putting a lot of money in the bank account. No, reality it's hits. not that easy. <laughs> reality hits. But HGTV makes it look so good. Is that not how it works? I know. Yeah. <laughs> so got kept on going with it and finally found just got into the right mood. So I was doing I was doing got upwards of 35 to 40 sales a year. So not great, not horrible, somewhere in between. So it was just and then 
about back in 2021, right after COVID finally let up, at least in our area, depends on the area of the country, became co-owners of Allied Realty Group. So we're just a small boutique brokerage. So I was looking, we were looking at talking it over, trying to figure out how to really grow our brokerage. So at the time, we only had, we really only had me and my mom were the two main contributors for Allied Realty Group. And then we had several others as well that were able to help us out that that had a couple sales here or there. And one of the people were, was my mom's former partner, but she was moving to another part of the country. So she was leaving. So we're like, okay, it's time to make a couple changes with switching over to being a part of the bro or part owner of the brokerage. We really didn't have any training to really help the agents out with. So when they were coming here, they were coming here because of the splits and Joseph as they most of the time yes splits are awesome to, to know about but that's not the main reason why people come to come to a brokerage they have to have you got to have a better better idea of why people come what I or what I did was I started doing a little bit of research actually one of your one of your your guests Jake Dixon got in touch or got in touch with one of his one of his great understudies Kristen and signed up with the locker room so that way helped out with the coaching and the, the training aspect and then also just restructured a couple things with our brokerage and with getting together with them since then we've added another six agents onto or no I'm sorry five agents onto our agent count right now we're sitting at we're sitting at eleven people total in the brokerage which. Not a huge brokerage, not, not a small brokerage, somewhere in between. So it's, we're very fortunate in that sense. So, yeah, I know we don't discriminate. We had a guest that had two, three agents, and we had guests that had 30 plus. So it doesn't matter how many you have. That's why we're talking to everybody. And you mentioned getting in touch with a coaching organization. And it is one of the big challenges we keep hearing from a lot of the brokers out there, the independent brokers, is that you're on your own and you got to figure things out. And sometimes you just need a little help from somebody that knew, not new as you. And that's really where this podcast came from, right? And people want to hear these things, want to know about what everybody's doing, whatever systems everybody's using. So we figured, okay, let's just make a podcast out of it. We don't make money out of it. This is not for profit. I'm not selling anything. I don't have a coaching program for brokers. I just do that because I felt everybody wants to know that, myself included. So that's how we started. So you mentioned you have about 11 people combined, I'm guessing, including you and your mother? Yes, that's true. Awesome. So how do you guys run the operations? Are you running as a team? Are you running as every agent is individual, a mixed bag of things? How do you guys look like structure-wise? We're running it more as a mixed bag. So it with our group, it really depends on how much training and coaching they, they truly need. So the more, you know, the more needs that they need, the more they're going to be treated as a team or as on a team. So that way we can really just overlook them or oversee what they're doing and understand what they're doing. Because agents that we've brought on in the last couple of years, they aren't huge producers. They're not, we don't have any heavy hitters on our team. We have more of the people that the reason why we teamed with the locker room is because they focus on those 25 or less agent or 25 per or less transactions. And that's, that's really what helped us out and what brought it together. And that's, that's who our people are. Helping those people are just starting off and just not really understanding mm -hmm. how to do it. Because a lot of times 
the one thing that people are missing from becoming a rock star agent is truly just understanding how to actually run a business. Because when they get when you get into this industry, you get your license. And I've learned from a handful of people, not even just my agents that I've brought on, but the other other people or the handfuls of other people that I've talked to is they don't have any training. They're just they're told to go out. I had one person tell me that their broker just told them to post on Facebook. And didn't even give him any more information other than just post on Facebook. I'm like, so what are you supposed to post? And she said, I don't know. I'm just supposed to post on Facebook. I'm like, so you're just supposed to say what you're doing that day? Or are you trying to talk about real estate? What what exactly are you trying to do? And she just, she wasn't able to give an answer because you don't, a lot of times we don't have that guidance to be able to take it to the next level. So going back to what we were, what the question was. It depends on how much training and coaching they need. The more training and coaching, the more I'm going to train it as a, as part of a team. Got so. it. So 22, how does it look like in terms of GCI or you can name dollars or number of transactions, but just so we'll have an idea of the volume the brokerage is moving. Right now we're 2022 was, was a difficult year for us. When we changed over the structures and everything like that, the three new agents that we had didn't really start producing. So up until August of last year, 100% of all money brought in was between or came from me and my mom. Okay. So so it was so last year was a little bit more difficult. We were we barely broke even is is really what it came down to. We did finish the year. Was it? We were just under, we're just over 60 transactions. So okay. it wasn't a huge, it wasn't a huge, huge, a huge market for us, but this year is looking a lot better right now. We have three different agents that are actually on pace to be over 20 transactions. One of them, including myself, we should, we should be right around projecting right now should be between 80 to 90 transactions. So we're, we're, we should see, yeah. So we're seeing a huge, huge change just because of just changing things up just a little bit, just tweaking things just a little bit in our industry. Yep, that makes sense. What is your commission structure with your agents? Is there, do you have multiple plans? Do you have one plan? How does it look like? So we have multiple plans. So our cap ranges, so our cap for brand new agents is only $15,000. And with our new, with the brand new agents, we take the first 0.75 of a transaction, they get the rest. So no matter what you charge, if you double side it, let's just say you double side at 6%, Allied's going to take 0.75% of that. You're going to get 5.25%, which I've never, I don't know anybody else in the industry who's even offering that other than just the pay per close transaction companies. And then also on top of it, they're getting, they're getting true coaching, not just training, but not just training sessions, but true at least one hour a week sitting down with either myself or my mom and just having that ability to get that coaching that they need. Okay. That's the first time I've seen anybody put it like this. So normally we hear 75-25, which is exactly the 0.75 if they get 3%. So it's just a different way to phrase it. So that's It's a different way to phrase it. But at the same time, now they have that ability to negotiate for themselves as well. For instance, one of my agents right now has a property of his own that he's selling. He's only, he's only charging himself that whatever Allied gets instead of having to charge 6% or 5.8 or whatever, whatever they want to. Mm-hmm. Now 
if it really comes down to so so and so company over here said that they can do it for five percent, you know what? Now they can go back and say, "Is that? Let me give a give my broker a call just to just so that way they don't make the decision right there and then, and they can they, and they can give us a call and we, they can move forward with that. Say, okay, I'll match that as long as you sign this right now. Got it. Okay, interesting. So you mentioned you went from just you and your mom to eleven, which means you recruited nine agents. What are you doing for recruiting? What kind of activities? What kind of a process? Are you using an outsourced recruiter? Just tell us a little bit about your recruiting process. So two of the agents that I got that I got last year, they were brand spanking new agents. One of them actually, I helped him buy a house and he just enjoyed the process so much that he just he he got his license. So he's part-time, but he's he's doing great. Another one. I just posted on Facebook on, on Marketplace that, hey, I'm we're looking to expand here at Allied Realty Group. Do you know somebody that's looking to change careers or even just or even just change their brokerages? We'd love to at least sit down and talk to you and, sh- and show show you what we have. So those were the two or two of the, the of them that came on end of last year. Another one was, you know what? I had a drip campaign that I was emailing out to about 800, 800 agents in the area end of last year. And another one just came or came from there. He knew of our brokerage because when he was a contractor, his wife was also a real estate agent. She actually worked for us when the brokerage opened up. Okay. Then we do have several that's that are a part of our brokerage. They do they do a couple sales here or there a year, but they're not big producers. They were on our they were on our rosters last year, but they just didn't do it. The last two that I just brought on beginning of this year, actually, they came through just, you know what? I got a list of all the people that that had their bro or that that took their real estate license and got their real estate exam or passed the real estate exam in the last three years. And I actually sent out handwritten letters to their home addresses, just just introducing myself, saying I'd love to I here's what we have. You know what? Here's what we have. We have an unmatched coaching and training process. We have great, great commission splits. We have great, we just have a great community that I'd love to hear what your plans are for real estate. Not even tell them to come to me, but just saying, hey, I'd love to hear what your plans are for real estate. Just having that mm-hmm. conversation. It's a lot of times they don't get that. Yeah. Yeah. It's Sometimes it's peach peach without listening to what that person is looking for. Because the big brokerages, and I'm not going to name, but we all know who they are. It's kind of like you got a pulse, you got desk fees, come on board. And when you have a quarter million agents, a hundred bucks a month, that's two and a half million dollars a month. That's a business revenue stream. But yeah. for us, the smaller independent brokers, it, I'm not going to make what, 50 bucks, a hundred bucks. I don't want somebody that will I just give me more headache than it's worth. So we want people that have motivation, that have a reason to be in this business, that want to do the work. So you mentioned earlier a drip campaign. So it's, it's a good segue for us to talk about marketing. Start with the first side of marketing. Are you guys offering leads to your agents? We add or we offer just a couple of them. Most of them are through like the free programs like OpCity. That's mm-hmm. where they're getting the calls. They have to be the first ones to do it. And then they offer or the 25 or 35% commission referrals. Because I've also done it where I have bought lead sources for them as well. But I've noticed that it really we weren't really getting a return from them. So it just didn't make sense. I'm oh, one of those guys good. where... I'll let's, play. Let's you know, I'll one. play a little bit here or there. And try and try different ideas. Try different things. But 
if it's not producing, it doesn't make sense to continue throwing money towards it either. Absolutely. This is one of the things that our audience finds the most interesting is tell us what did you try? What was the outcome? Why do you think it didn't work? What did work? Uh, tell us. We want to hear. But yeah, you know, ads used to be amazing until we couldn't target until we couldn't target the right pe- people anymore. So that that kind of went to the wayside where you're not getting your now you have to market to the the 14 year olds as well as the 65 plus year olds. So you're not able to do that. So I tried that. Spends a lot of good port good amount of money in that one. I tried Zillow. Zillow just got too expensive for Oops. the lead. What's it? You're jumping a little bit ahead. On the Facebook okay. ads, were you doing it on your own? Were you are the one setting up the campaigns or were you using third-party help with that? Both, actually. I also, I've also used street text, as, or street text as well. For those who aren't familiar with street text, what it is, it's actually a good deal at $170 a month. And what they have is they have a good number of different campaigns that you can run through there. They suggest averaging at least $5 per day on that scenario and it'll go through and it, gra- it grabs people's information when they click on the ad so you get you'll get their name their number but a lot of times what i've noticed with those individuals is if they if it was the buyer leads they weren't even close to be able to be to get pre-approved or even mm-hmm. pre-qualified so it just it was just somebody who was just playing around and when i actually got a hold of them a lot of them were fake numbers or just people that said i i didn't expect you to actually call and even on the seller side to find out what their home's worth i i think i got I, bona fide leads i probably had five or six bona fide leads from them in the year that or year plus that I used them. Again, not a bad thing if you're just trying to get numbers and getting people in front of them to do CMAs and understanding how to do that. Well, uh, let's do the math on that one for a second. Because if you get five transactions a year from 170 bucks, that sounds five like or a great six deal. bona fide. No, not transactions, five or six bona fide. Yeah. There, there's a difference between transactions and, and leads. Okay. Um, they're still through the going through the drip. They're still uh, this was a year and a half ago on one, and I've only cl- I only closed two of those, which isn't a bad number, but at the same time, the return because I was doing between five and fifteen dollars per day, it it didn't make it didn't run its course. Okay. I always say we want realistically when you're looking at a lead source, you should have at least a three x at least a three x in order to make it worth your while. I've heard of others who just want to break even, so that way they could they get more people in their database, and now they're working with them for the rest of their life. But I've always gone under the idea of three, three X. So if you're going to spend $3,000, you better make $9,000 off of it. So what's your average commission? The average commission on those two, I made just, or I spent with street text. I spent about $7,500 during that year. I only made about 12 on it total. Okay. So, so, so it you just didn't hit your three X. So I, I wasn't even at two X. So that that's where I had to look at that and say, well, it really wasn't worth the money that I put into it. Again, it works for some people. It works for, well, but it just didn't work for me. If you have a team and you got to feed the team and you got to keep the machine going, that's one thing. But a lot of people will go, wait a second, you put 7,500, you got 15,000 or 14,000, then you made money. It's worth it. They don't realize yeah, but I also had to spend a lot of time on a lot of people that were going nowhere. And this is what I keep 
explaining to my team internet internet leads and it doesn't matter what it is honestly even if you sell toothbrushes it's about two to five percent right the best industries can get five percent conversion normally two to three percent conversion rate but that means you're spending time on 97 98 percent of the people that are getting sent and there's nothing coming out of it exactly that and that's time you could be spending doing something else that could have produced other activities and produced other transactions. Yeah, not everybody look at it from the perspective of the other ninety seven percent of those leads that have wasted your time. Exactly. So that so street text it just didn't make sense for me. And I've had I've actually I still have a list of about just north of a thousand leads that I've had have got received from not just street text, but several others as including, like I said, Zillow, realtor.com, my own Facebook leads, so on and so forth that I think my agents can just call on just to introduce themselves, see if they can't do it. It's a quick, again, you're still, you're not going to have that three to 5% return, but you'll have about a one to 2% return in that scenario. So I do have a lead source for them or a lead generator for them if they need it. But with my agents, I think that the bigger thing for them is to teach them how to build the in or build the business right. Yeah. If you do it, your real estate career should be like a train. You know, it takes a heck of a lot of effort to really get that going. You're using up a lot of effort right away. But you know what? Right now, this year, I'm gonna sell. I'll sell between 24 to 28 homes this year without 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 trying to advertise Joe Schulteis Allied Realty Group at all, because I built a I built a business. I could I could have just stayed with just working on Joe Schulteis Allied Realty Group without having or without growing the brokerage at all. But that wasn't my goal. My goal is to help out other agents to achieve their goals in their career by showing them how to do it properly. You know what? I'm sure Joseph has wasted time. You've wasted plenty of money too, trying to go through all the different uh, different ways to uh, the miracle money that that everybody promises. And no, I I actually never signed up for one of those programs because every time somebody calls me with these things, my my first question is, okay, can you give me two or three agents that have been with you for more than a year? And not a single one have yet to come up and say, yes, here, talk to this guy. And it's just, if you can't show me a customer that stayed with you for over a year, then you're just churning through other people and find another sucker to pay you for three months and then give up on you. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's where, you know what, just like my last name with being a hard name to pronounce, you know what, I'm the head is just as hard up here that, you know what, I still haven't learned that thing. I still haven't learned that myself. I waste a lot of money every year. But what I do is every end of the year, I really start to to dive into my own, not only mine, but my brokerage's numbers too. Mm -hmm. To say, hey, where are we spending money that really you aren't getting a return on it? Where can we cut expenses that could go elsewhere or at least just come back into our pocket and, and make us more money that aren't that's not performing properly? And I think that's one of the big things that we have to do as realtors or yeah. as brokerage too. So where do you see a return on your investment? The funny thing is the best return that I've seen is just my sphere of influence. It's mm -hmm. just reaching out to those, having conversations with your friends, family, past clients. Because you know what? Just because they're a past client doesn't mean they're not your client still. Treat them as your client forever. Because yes. 
if you look at your if you look at numbers, the bulk of people want to use the same exact realtor over and over again. But we suck at follow up. <laughs> we realtors suck at follow up. And that's what we need to we need to get better at. Because if you just stay in front of them and just call them once once every couple months, once every three months, find yep. out how they're doing. Just having just having a good conversation with them. They're going to remember you. They're going to now. So all of a sudden, I, uh, <laughs> I'm a little bit more assertive than you. I tell my agents 20 touch points a year. Okay. You got to talk to your sphere 20 touch points a year. And I tell them, look, federal holidays is 11 giveaway here free. I had a birthday anniversary of the transaction. Congratulations. It's been three years since you bought this house. And a couple more things like Easter is not a federal holiday. Halloween is not a federal holiday. It's not that hard to hit 20 touch points a year. And you can automate 80% of that. Throw a few phone calls here and there and a text here and there. And boom, you have 20 touch points a year. That guarantees they don't forget you. And exactly. our agents, it's, I keep telling them, you're not competing with other agents. You are competing with obscurity, with anonymity. If they don't remember you, you will not get the transactions. That simple. Exactly. And it's crazy. It's when you look at the statistics, I believe it's 80, 85 or 87% of the people want to work with their realtor that they used previously. Yeah. But if you less than service. 20% do. And it's crazy. So yes, I do send out, I still send out the birthday cards. I send out the Christmas cards. I reach out. You know, I didn't use those as touch points at all, but I, I actually use AM cards for oh, yeah. sending out the birthday cards because you know what? It just makes sense because now it's, I still, yes, yes, still handwrite some things and hand or send them sending thank you cards on a regular basis. But now I can send them out a birthday card. Or if I see some, if I have a friend or family member, I send out a great card that, that actually has, let's just say one of my friends, they became, they became a grandma this year. So I sent a picture of, with the baby in, with the baby inside. And now they're always going to keep that card and they're going to, they're going to remember who that's from instead of just throwing away a card and just, just saying, congratulations on being a grandma and grandpa, or even just giving a call. I walked into one of my friend's houses and they still have it that ba their baby is four months old right now. And they still have that same card with their baby on the, are on the refrigerator. Because if you I, picture of your kid, would you throw it away? No, exactly. I but now that's the point. How you see that, you know what? Something great happened or something bad happened. You know what? I had another friend who client of mine as well. You know what? Something like they had a procedure done. I sent them out brownies with a card that says get well soon. You know what? She she called me the day she got it and thanked me so much for it. That's that's how you that's how you have a business is because you're I run this as a business as mm -hmm. you know what they're my friends they they're not just past clients they're friends they're family they're yeah. they're people that you still have a good connection with. Yeah, you're gonna lose out on some people here or there, but the bulk of them we have such a close knit relationship with our clients during that three, three, four month period. But then don't, then we don't even talk to them after closing. We're like, here you yeah. go. Congratulations. Okay. And, and then you goodbye. don't say anything. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And we had Jake Dixon from the locker room on episode number seven, and he mentioned AM cards and it's, I'm like, Ooh, that's, I love that. And then like, as soon as we got off the podcast recording, I went over there and I signed up for AM cards and I started sending those and I told all my agents to sign up and start sending those. And they were 
we've just had Easter and Passover and all that. And they send the cards and they get the response, right? They get the phone call, they get the text message. Oh my God, this is so good. This is so awesome that they see. I was happy to see that they got the response that I was expecting them to to receive and that encouraged them, right? To continue to have that contact. Do you do any advertising or marketing activities at the brand level? We talked about let's do marketing so we can generate leads and that goes to yourself or to your agency. That's one thing. But for example, us, and I mentioned that before on the podcast, I would do every once in a while, I'll either do a Google pay-per-click campaign or I'll do a Facebook ad campaign just with the brand logos, with the brand colors, with the brand name. So there will be like a, just a brand name familiarity in the market. Yeah. So, so with Allied, we do have, or we do have it going through the Google ads and and going through that aspect of it. We don't, we haven't gotten a lot of traction in that aspect of it because I think our brand is really starting to grow now up until, up until we really started bringing on these last couple agents. A lot of times when you saw, or a lot of the broker, other brokers and all the other agents really saw with Allied was it was a family. It was me, my mom, my aunt was my aunt was performing really well in our group, and then her partner. And that that was that was really the only major producers that we've had in our brokerage until now. And now it's starting to grow with a couple more people. And as we and that's the reason why we're seeing such such a great increase in our business, in our in our bottom, not only our bottom line, but just our client acquisition through our different our different agents or through the different agents but just teaching them that and also the little bit that we do get it's not much that we get from just from the allied aspect but we are starting to get a lot more brand recognition in the area yeah awesome yeah the reason we do that is i want my agents when they hand over a car that nobody's gonna go wait who are you guys what is this exactly so i want them i want somebody receiving the car to go oh yeah i've seen you I want the back of the head to say, oh, I know those teal colors, that that logo, that icon. I've seen it before. And so there's credibility with familiarity. That's what it is. Yep. And we're getting that more and more with with the other agents and the other companies and, and the title companies. Because the other thing that I that I'm, I do myself and I'm teaching the agents to do as well is every time you have a closing, send out a thank you card just to the other, not only to the other agents, just saying, hey. Thanks for thanks for helping on this transaction. We did great. Send it to the title company. Send it to every single home inspect every single home inspection that ha- that you have. Send it to send it to the broker or the mortgage company, the title or the title company. Every facet of it, you should have some sort of thank you card going out because you don't get that handwritten note anymore. Yeah, uh, and it, definitely. It goes back to the whole AM cards where you're not going to throw away a card that's that has that has your baby's picture on it, but you're also not going to throw out the card there that you actually got a handwritten note that says, thank you for this. I walk into two or three different title companies on a regular basis and my card is still sitting there every single, I, and there's multiple cards on and I'm about 60% of the thank you cards that are on the, or that are on their wall. Yeah, I know that that's really great. Let's segue to one more aspect that everybody's very curious about from our audience is what's your tech stack, right? What kind of systems, tools, apps, anything that you guys use that is as cool as AM cards, for example, 
that you guys are using and start with the basics, right? CRM and transaction coordination. That That's what every brokerage has to have in order to function. I personally, I tell my agents to, to find the CRM that they're actually going to use because I can provide one. I've tried to in the past, but a lot of times they don't actually use it. <laughs> so <laughs> if they're not using it, it still, it goes back to looking at your bottom line. If I'm spending X amount for a CRM and I'm the only one who's using it. And sometimes I'm not even using it. I'll be honest. You know, if I'm having trouble sometimes using specific CRMs, I needed to find a specific one for me Yeah, that actually worked for me. So I, I actually helped me out. I say, okay, go try out this one. Try this free trial on this one and this one. Find out which one you're actually going to use on a regular basis. So we don't have one as a brokerage right now. We ha- I help them with that at the local or at their own level. So that way they, and being able to help them understand how to use it as well. Cause I've used several of them in my past. And what did you personally ended up with? Right now I like, I have one that I don't really use that I'm in the process of canceling with. I'm more of just a Google calendar kind of guy. I'll be honest with you. I, where it has every single thing in there and it's just, it tells me when to call people at the same or at specific times. And it's nice too, because I have it, it, it helps with my family as well. Cause then my wife has my schedule on a regular basis. And not only that, but she can put in, Hey, don't forget about our son's ninja class, or don't forget about, don't forget about this. And now I say, now it's blocked off. So I can't, I can't forget about it. It's right on my schedule. I'm not much of a CRM kind of guy, but one thing I do use religiously is it's actually called folio and it's through Amtree. It's, it's beautiful for me because again, without the CRM aspect, what it does is it, it actually you put in your accepted offer and then it auto generates a leader for everybody in the transaction. So they are all on the same page with the same exact calendar. So everybody gets an email two days before that. Hey, the home inspection contingency is coming up, that this is coming up that they, so it, it keeps everybody coordination system. Yeah. Okay. Basically a transaction coordinator without spending the money for a transaction coordinator. Okay. And what was the name again? It's, it's folio, but it's with Amtree, Amtree. Okay. We'll definitely get the links from you and put it in the show notes because that's the things that our brokers are looking for, right? Some brokers are going to tell you you're absolutely insane for working without a CRM system. And some people are like you. That's just, I tried a few, none of them worked for me. This is what works for me. And again, like you said, at the end of the day, whatever you found that works for you. And everybody's different. It's like there's some school people that still work with a pen and paper and a Rolodex. And again, if it works for them, good for them. That's how it works. And that that's like, a, it's a new age thing. A lot of people out there, it's not just in our industry, just in general, let the tail wag the dog. It's like technology should not dictate your business. The technology is here to help your business. So choose whatever technology empowers you, accelerates you, exponentially give you more capabilities to do things, not try to shoehorn your business into a piece of technology. Exactly. We have, we've historically, we've been using HubSpot. We still use HubSpot. It's a very sophisticated CRM, uh, which worked for me because I have a very rich technology background. I've been in software for many years. And, but I see that my agents are struggling with it. 
and they're not going in there as soon as they should, as often as they should. So we're actually in the process of reevaluating for specifically we're evaluating go high level. That's one of the CRMs that we're looking into. And that's really what it is. It's kind of like, I got to find a system that my agent will be in it. And if they're not in it, then what's the point? So yes, you're right. They're going to be part of the decision-making. They're going to be part of the experiment and the testing. And then once we find something that everybody's happy with, then that's the thing we're going to go with forward. And that's exactly that's exactly how you should do it. When you find that group, you find that groove and everybody, or it's never going to be everybody that's going to be able to, that's going to say, yep, I'm on board. There's always going to be, you know what, this is stupid. I'm going to go do my own thing. And maybe those people aren't the right people for, for the company either. No, you know, that, so, or, so for me, it's the functionality that I want to insist they have how they get the functionality, not my problem. So you want to use the CRM system we provide? Awesome. You want to go high, figure out whatever system out there works for you? Go for it. You want to use Google Calendar? Use Google Calendar. You want to use a piece of paper? Use a piece of paper, but show me that you have the ability to track, to follow up, to do those 20 touch points a year, to tell me exactly at any given point what's going on, how many clients you're working with, What's their status? But if you're going to try to remember this and work off your phone, and you're not going to be able to survive this business. So that's really where I am. So as far as I'm concerned, I need you to have the functionality of a CRM. What technology does that in the background or piece of paper? Don't care. Not my problem. That's your problem. Or yep. actually, that's your responsibility. It's not a problem. But I'm going to provide you a system that I'll, I hopefully I'll find the best one that will do that will make sure you can do all those functionality, but you don't have to use our system. What other apps and software and cool stuff you guys have? Come on. This is the, my favorite part of the show. Hearing that's about funny, all those little tools. That's the fun thing about it is I really don't, I don't have a lot of techie things. The bulk of it doesn't have to be techie. AM cards is greeting cards. It's nothing techie yeah. about. Card, AM cards is awesome. Folio, oh, folio. That's it. Cost me eighteen dollars per person per month, so it's not really that expensive. It it works out for me. But the bigger thing that I have is going to be the training aspect of it that I have with the locker room. To be a hundred percent honest with you, because what that does for me is it helps with that accountability. And it actually, what they have is they actually have two different paths for agents to go on. One of them is if you are at zero to 12 or zero to 12 transactions, you start here and you go one, you follow the yellow brick road, you know, the racetrack to the end. And mm -hmm. you're a, so now they're being taught to do this first, that first and do it in an order. And now it's breaking down all four of my agents, all four of my agents that are going through it right now they're working on the agent action plan. So now what this what that's breaking down for them is it's breaking down the business aspect of the business aspect of it. They're, it's breaking down the clients and how to reach out to your sphere and how how to get your client list going, how to get your how to get your your partners your partners set up. Not only that, but hey, you're going to you're here's your goal for this year. How are you going to get to it? How you know, here if you're going to if you're going to do 20 transactions this year, how many people do you need in your sphere? And it helps you divide that out and get to that number. Now you're going to hit, because realistically, real estate 
is not hard if you are able to actually break it down. Yeah. In our industry, if you are if you want if you want to make six figures, statistically, you have to have five two-way conversations about real estate per day, five days a week, 25 transact or five, 25 conversations about real estate every single year or every single week. And you statistically will make a hundred thousand dollars in this industry, but we, it's that simple. (laughs) It really is. Is just having, having a pathway to truly get to where you want to succeed. And that, so that the agent action plan really does well with that and help. I'm there to coach them through that. Not just, not just train them, but coach them and actually have those sit down one-on-ones with them for, I usually give my brand new agents. I'm probably, you know, I'm usually sitting down with them about two hours a week, at least just to be able to get that, to make sure they're on pace to doing this and actually doing things right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And you're right. It's kind of, you know, what, your 18-year-old or you're brand new to the business as a second career, $100,000 a year in commission sounds big, but in most markets in the country, that's one transaction a month, yep. 10 transactions a year. So and now it sounds a lot less scary. Well, one transaction a month doesn't sound as scary. And then you break it down to, okay, you need to talk to this many people or that many people and so on. That that's that That's really the way to go. So to wrap the, this thing up, we ask the same questions to wrap the show. So in your opinion, what's the hardest thing about being an independent broker? I think it's the same thing that's hard That's hard for us in, just in general in the industry. It's having that schedule and sticking to it. Just because an agent comes into your office and wants to talk right there and then doesn't mean that we should try, we should drop everything. Just like... You're, if you have a client that wants to see a house right then and there, you shouldn't stop your prospecting at that point. You shouldn't stop what you're doing just to run out and show a house. You should have time set out for that. And that's the hardest thing that we do that we do in this industry, not only as an agent or as a broker, is we allow ourselves to have distractions. Yeah. My phone, I, I forgot to take it off of vibrate. You know what? It's gone off six times. Since since we started this. And so you see, if you see my eyes going down, you know what? That's the worst technology we've ever had. Because you know what? Now we're in such a now society that we forget that, you know what? We need to work on A and B. Because now if we get distracted and now get distracted with whatever we're doing, it takes so long to get back to where we were. Yeah. If... If this, whatever you're working on, takes two hours to do, let's say, and you get distracted 20 minutes in, now it's going to take you almost three hours just because you have to backtrack and you have to start over. It just, it doesn't make sense in our industry to not time block properly. Yeah. And here's a little trick I teach my agents. I use a system, an app, but you can use a piece of paper for that too. It's called Trello, T-R-E-O, which is basically just a fancy sticky note system. And then I tell them I have a specific list for what I call brain dump. Because you be, you can be pro- doing your calls to, I don't know, expired or for sale by owners, and you're in the zone, and then it's like, ooh, that guy wanted me to send him comps. So if, like you said, if I'll stop, go do the comps, and try to get back into the zone on prospecting, I'm losing a lot of time, and I'm losing a lot of brain cells. But if I just dump this, 
task somewhere to remember to go get John Combs, then it's a 30, no, not even 30, but 10 seconds distraction. And I'm still in my zone and I keep going, but I'm also quiet to know that I'm not going to have to remember that later on. I have it in writing. Same thing when you prospect and let's say you prospect for sale by owners and one of them goes, yeah, I'd love to get a CMA. You need to do the CMA, but you don't stop the prospecting just because one guy said, yes, let's do a CMA. And you go do the CMA. You just write it down. It's, okay, this person I spoke to wants a CMA. When I'm done with my two hours of phone calls, I'll do the CMA and I'll call them back. So it's kind of, oh yeah, that's great. Let me call you back in about a couple of hours. Let me get all the information and I'll get back to you. And they're okay with that. You're not going to lose a listing because it took you an hour or two to come back with whatever they were asking for. So that's just a little app that we use. It's called Trello to just brain dump, basically. But you can use a paper or you can use your CRM system if it has tasks in it to do that as well. What's the best part about being an independent broker? The best part is truly... Having, I love sitting down with my agents, just having that ability to really feed into them and not only just train them and coach them in one specific way, but being able to say, hey, you know what? I know that you are a high C or a high D. You know what? I'm just, I'm going to train you a specific way. Or if you go to some of the larger brokerages, they have one way of doing it and one way only. And if you don't do it that way, it's just not going to work out. Well, that's mm -hmm. silly. That, that's probably the worst thing you can do for your for your agents. I love being able to sit down and saying, hey, so because you are an a D, these are the things that are going to help you out the most by doing A, B, C, and D to be able to get your client to work on your clients. Whereas yeah. if you're an I, you're doing this or a, S, a C or an S or whatever you are. Or if you're a CS, this is what just being able to help them in that way, because our industry is not one size fits all. No. If you talk to most people, you know what? There's a large number of introverts in our industry. <laughs> and well, yeah, and, and everybody's trying to put it into a mold. You got to do this and you're going to be successful. Yes, but you can also do this and you can do, so do that and still be very successful. I got one agent that for the love of God, doesn't matter what I do, I can't get her on the phone. She's never going to call, cold call anybody. It's just... Well, that's not her thing. So as a broker, my job is to say, okay, we still got a prospect and we still got to feed the funnel from the top. So what other things can we do that you will feel more comfortable doing? And I'll give her another 20, 30 prospecting ideas that does not require getting on the phone with a stranger. You're absolutely right. And adjusting your coaching, your broker coaching, is absolutely critical to, to have happy and successful agents. Like wrapping things up, if anybody wants to reach out to you, maybe they're in your area and they want to join the brokerage or just another broker that want to brainstorm, say, hey, how do you do this? I hate CRM systems. Show me how you do the Google stuff. <laughs> uh, whatever it is, how can they find you? And we'll make sure to put all the links in the show notes. You can always give me a call, shoot me a text. My telephone number is 262 two two four zero zero nine two i answer my phone believe it or not that's one th that's another thing that we do wrong in this industry so i answer my phone if i'm unless i'm with somebody because you know what end of the day i think that's one thing that we lose out on 
or you can shoot me an email. My email is joe at alliedrealtygroup.biz or follow me, find me on Facebook. I Joe or Joe Schulteis. You can check out Joe Schulteis Allied Realty Group. You can check out my charity, Splash Out Hunger. You can check out Allied Realty Group. There's all those different ways to, to sit. <laughs> awesome. So we'll make sure to get all those links from you and we'll put them on the show notes. And so thank you so much for coming up. It was a great show. I appreciate it. Thanks, Joseph. Awesome. And for you, the audience, if you want to see more interviews like this with independent brokers, just find us on the independentbroker.com or on YouTube, on our YouTube channel. Just make sure you subscribe and hit the like button or give us a review wherever you consume your podcast on iTunes, Teachers, Amazon, Cloud, and so on. We'll appreciate it and we'll see you on the next one. That was awesome. I learned something new. I hope you did too. And if you want to learn more from our expert, please subscribe to the channel and share with your friends.